Tabletop Tim here. Still no sign of Dean Daniel. I went to the police after 24 hours. They said that's a common misconception. You don't have to wait that long. Then I said I was looking for Dean Daniel, and they said give it 24 days. Anyway, thank you to Scribbles and Carlo, and all our other patrons. Have a probably bad day. Welcome to Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... Party finds themselves in the home of the great old ones. The retirement home beyond time and space. Just, they're just old. They're just, like, tired. Cthulhu wants you to stop playing that newfangling drum music. I do like the idea of, like, this is why Cthulhu is sleeping so much. He's, he's just mm. old and tired. Like, in the original thing, when he, like, wakes up and immediately goes back down again, it's just, eh, I can't be bothered. Back to the sea. Listen, Cthulhu believes in spoon preservation. I, I like the sort of image I like, Cthulhu's just really socially anxious to be spent the last two million years building himself up to coming out of the ocean. I I don't know, I like the idea of these, like, ancient eldritch beings aging. Hmm. Like, you know, 200 years ago they had a little bit of a midlife crisis they started wreaking all sorts of havoc, mm. but now they're a little bit embarrassed by that. They've sold their eldritch motorbikes. The only Kapunu Kree out of Riley just like on a motorbike, tentacles slicked back, sunglasses. But yeah, like there's something weirdly tragic in the idea of you like summoning this ancient horror and it's just kind of gone all quiet since it was bound. Just just old. Yeah, it's it's making me be a little bit sad actually. Um, Quick, let's make this wacky. It's trying to steal the world's worth as originals. <laughs> what do old people like? Worth as originals and jazz. The only way to protect the world from Cthulhu is to turn the ocean into Horlicks. There we go. So if we just put in enough stereotypes about the elderly, this actually somewhat tragic idea is still on brand. Like... I also do like the idea of the inverse of this, of great young ones. Like, you've summoned a cosmic toddler. I feel like we've done giant toddler quite recently. Yeah, we're doing it again. The only podcast with a giant toddler guarantee every episode. So I think the thing is, what I was picturing when you said the young, the great young ones was the show The Young Ones. So I would like to present for your amusement, Punk Cthulhu. Cthulhu is rebelling against his cosmic parents. Yeah, like the other great old ones, they want him to, you know, go to ancient college and study cosmic law. That's with an O-R-E. Um, really... But instead he wants to just go out and wreck the place. Okay, what I'm getting fascinated by here is the implication of great old ones live in a world 
that's exactly the same as ours, except with great old put in front of everything, like one of those 1950s space things. Yeah. I'm going to get my great old lunch from the great old Audi. It's my favourite supermarket. <laughs> the... the middle aisle will literally drive you insane. <laughs> Like, the reason Lovecraft went mad isn't because of any of the Eldritch shit, it's just that they showed him, like, the internet. There's memes on it. Oh, Cthulhu memes. Yeah. Like, not memes about Cthulhu, the memes Cthulhu would make. Cthulhu memes. Me and the lads showing up to the store over an image of a city on fire. That's what Eldritch Madness is. It's immediately going from like a, a fairly proper 1920s gentleman to whatever the hell is happening on TikTok. <laughs> like, you like this 1920s investigator, like, does the ritual over their eyes, looks into your world, sees the yogs of off twerking, and immediately takes 20 sanity damage. <laughs> I would like to see that. Um, I, okay, I do like that it's not just they live in a world like ours, they live in a world like ours right now at all points in time and space. I know that they're always like a hundred years ahead culturally. Mm. That's why it freaks out people from the 1920s. TikTok was actually invented by Cthulhu. Twitter being invented by Eldritch Abominations would explain a lot. <laughs> As opposed to just being taken over by one. Yeah. Elon Musk was thrown out of great old America for being just obnoxious. But yeah, so... I, I don't know, I, I, I kind of like the, the image of great old ones as just like... It's like your granddad who's got some really messed up opinions. God's sake, Grandpa, we can't keep calling them puny humans anymore. I, mean, I don't care that it's the normal term when you were young. <laughs> I mean, is an eldritch abomination not the ultimate form of the kind of people who yell bring back hanging at climate protesters? Yeah, like, I'd like to do if you've got Cthulhu who's showing up and, like, yelling about how humans will grovel and be devoured, and Cthulhu's, like, grandson who's there trying to be like, he's just a product of his times, he doesn't mean it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what it was all like back in the Paleolithic era. <laughs> oh yeah, cavemen were really racist. <laughs> I think I was going with um, Cthulhu was really racist against cavemen. Um, yeah, Paleolithic era was a long time ago, was my thought process there. I mean, yeah, it's the longest ago that we have people. Mm. I like the idea that most, like, ancient humans were chill, but just, like, Homo heidelbergensis. <laughs> absolute dickhead. Yeah, this is a firmly anti-proto-hominid uh, podcast. Not all of them. Just heidelbergensis. <laughs> So yeah, so we just have like this one asshole branch of the human genetic tree. And it's us. That's the plot twist at the end of the Lovecraft story. I don't think he's known for plot twists, but in this one he is. Hmm. He he did exactly one plot twist. Mm-hmm. 
Lovecraft would absolutely be the last author to pull the real monster was humans. Mm. But I like the idea. Real great old one was Steve. He's 82. And he's pretty great. <laughs> just great old, just this nice old guy. You know what? We should show more appreciation to the real great old ones. Chill mm. old people. I cast someone great old one, I say, calling up my grandpa to go hang out. <laughs> yeah, you know, have we considered that, like, great old one is not meant as an immense, but in, like, they're just awesome? Yeah, this Ooh. is the thing, like, Lovecraft was just objectively a bad guy. Yeah, like, he was, like, he was racist by the standard of 1920s America. Yeah. So maybe when he said that the Great Old Ones would wreak havoc, he just meant they'd, like, bring in some left-wing laws that he was against. Cthulhu rises up and starts using people's correct pronouns and H.P. Lovecraft dies on the spot. <laughs> so it's a, a slight mistranslation error. Cthulhu was not awoken, he was made woke. <laughs> Cthulhu is woke from the depths and apologises for his earlier comments regarding humanity being fit only to be sacrificed to the horror of the elder gods. He's done a lot of self-examination. Lessons have been learned. Gonna do a ten-minute ukulele song to apologise. What the ukulele song? Directly into the minds of every human being on Earth. Cthulhu... Cthulhu rises up and he's just really, like, overly apologetic over the whole, like, creating a murder cult thing. Like, we definitely keep veering back to Cthulhu as an influencer. I mean, he is a warlock patron in yeah. in D&D, &D, and I think, I think there's some other fantasy systems that just inexplicably also have Cthulhu in. Yeah, he has. He's uh, open source, and therefore you can put, legally put him in anything. Like you can, like, like you put Cthulhu like in your life. You can say he was your old boss on your CV. It's completely legal. <laughs> you you can say many things. What will happen next varies. You have free speech. I assume. I apologise if you don't. <laughs> but yeah, Fulu's great. Uh, he uses your correct pronouns and he will play ukulele music into your soul. I don't think this is an RPG any idea anymore. I think this is like being a shill for the great old ones. Questions? You know what's poggers? Selling your soul to Azathoth, the daemon sultan of reality. <laughs> Can you poggers anymore? I have no idea. I might be <laughs> dabbing right now. No one would know. <laughs> I'm flossing as we speak. Last time on Tales of Morterra. Awesome. 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 We can't like tread upon <laughs> our prey we steal. The sorcerers go to try and, and surf on the horse. K get dead? Yeah. Uh, you want to kill me? I'm a wizard. I've always got plans. Tales of Morterra, an actual play podcast. 
available wherever you're listening to this right now. Anyway, our first question is anonymous. Um, how can I make more use of my guild artisan background if our party moves around all the time? Stop them moving around. Royal the horses. Have you considered very quickly constructing some sort of party containment unit? Hmm. Yeah, that's it. You're like create a cage around your play around your fellow party members. And as they sort of try and get out, just just make cool things to show them. Like, Call it... up your fellow guild members mm. and get them to keep giving your party side quests until they become too attached to the town to leave. Like, so I'm going through the things you can be a guild of. And like, you know, you've got metal workers and stone cutters and leather workers and stuff. But I want to see, like, the one who does cakes. And it's just, if you stay in this town, I will give you cake. That might work on some D&D players, honestly. Yeah. Um, shoemaker, you can just do that in reverse so no one has any shoes and they can't leave. You unmaker. <laughs> you make shoes in reverse. I'm ninety percent sure that's conceptually coherent. And they're like, I feel like there's probably like a jeweler's guild. You can mm. you can do that on the roads. Just like yeah, spend your downtime fiddling about with bits of metal and stuff. I do like the idea of like, because like you got bricklayer and stuff. You just spend your downtime making a house. There's just a trail of houses behind you as you go through the world. I like it. And then when you head back in the other direction, you just got a load of people just being like, thank you for building our village. Hmm. The village con constituting one hundred mile long street. Sadly, when you try to go back, it turns out that birds have flown down and picked up the houses. So you've lost your breadcrumb trail. <laughs> You had to work really hard. I don't know where I thought that was going, but it wasn't there. Hansel and Gretel were there just <laughs> building a like metropolis city behind them. You try and find your way back, but every house is now a, a goblin den and you have to fight them all to get about, to get home. Go back, but all the houses have been gentrified behind you, and now there's just Starbucks. Um, I, I like the idea of trying to be a leather worker on the road, though, just because there's the interpretation of leather worker that's just making things out of leather, which yeah. achievable if it's small. And then there's the interpretation of tanning. I mean, you know, you're like this is my bag of holding full of feces. I keep skin in it. For art reasons. Let me just bring the shit bag out. It's an impromptu weapon if you really don't like someone. This fight is going badly. I'm going to turn my bag of shit inside out. I'm going to put my, bag, my portable hole in the bag of shit in order to really upset someone on the astral plane. You know, I've never considered using a portable hole as a toilet. Probably for good reason. But it's like, you know, some sometimes it's difficult to pee standing up or you need to do more than peeing and maybe squatting is difficult. You just find a tree stump, pop your portable hole on it and go for your life. 
This makes a very unpleasant trap anyway. No, then you just sell it to a passing wandering tanner. I like this network of tanners who are keeping the toiletry system up in um, D&D worlds. Well, they haven't got around to building sewers, so they need a way to like deal with everything. Mm. They just have itinerant tanners. Luckily, adventurers don't use the toilet to the best of my knowledge. Um, unless your GM's weird. Hmm. Please describe your character pissing for normal reasons. Make a con save to see how much you need to pee at the start of the fight. Every time you get a natural one, your character desperately needs to pee at that moment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the question you're answering was, please describe how you would use the toilet in a D&D game. Yeah, um, what, what, what other guild artisans are there? Um, there's blacksmiths, which I feel are going to have a problem in general. Because a lock is rather useless on its own. But like, no, I, I mean, a lot of... But locksmiths are the ones that you call when you're locked out, right? Mm. So maybe a, a, artis a guild artisan locksmith is just really good at breaking into things. Or maybe you can just lock your players to the town. Not, not the characters, the players. If yeah. they don't leave town, you can keep playing in person. I've got a great new solution to keep to avoid uh, scheduling issues, and it's called locking you in my basement. It's just like D and D jigsaw. You want to play a game? I have D and D vampire the masquerade and GURPS. <laughs> Those are the three most serial killery games. Jigsaw would make you play GURPS, and if you get one rule wrong, he just shoots you in the face. As a very, like, sink or swim approach to learning a new system. Um, yeah, so I think, um, maybe in terms of, like, ways that don't involve kidnapping your fellow PCs slash players. Fine. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, some way of, like, you know, you can find, like, connections in a town you go into and, like, ah, a fellow horse carver. We can discuss horse carving. I mean, there is that, like, that that is a background that is going to give you connections in other cities a lot more than most of them, I think. Mm. And also, like, potentially you could pay away as well, like... You, you turn up to town with no money, but you're a guild-certified carpenter. It's like, yeah. It, does anyone need some woodwork doing in exchange for a room for the night? If you're not town with no money, what I do have is this bag of shit and skin. <laughs> <laughs> anyone interesting? I could make you a fine hat with this shitty skin. <laughs> I mean... Other things you could do, you can detect mimics probably. Like, ah, that's not properly that's not a properly carved chest. That's one thing you could do. Um, make sure your DM just has mimics as a villain. Like the entire thing is you're going through a room full of like I don't know, armor or cakes or what have you, whatever your thing is. And like ten percent of them are mimics. And you need to figure out which ones are mimics. 
and that's the entire game. Yes, it, it gives your character something to do when so when someone else is the focus. Mm. Like, oh, these these guys are having a, a real character over, and I'll be cobbling over here. Whenever anyone else is like talking, yeah, my character sits down and makes another shoe. <laughs> I have so many. I feel like you've got to play an elf if you're going for that, though. Yeah. Uh, it's useful because as I level up, I keep gaining feats. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Um, I, I hope this helps. Yeah. Okay, our next question is also anonymous. If a character has a magical parasite, are they a sorcerer or something else? This feels like a Baldur's Gates reference. It does, but also I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that every Baldur's Gate character is a sorcerer. I mean, there might be, I don't know. Um, I think... What do I think? I think that you're a... So you're a sorcerer if you have magical blood. And therefore, if magic gets into your blood in any way, you are a sorcerer. So it depends whether the parasite is crossing the blood-brain barrier. Yeah. Since it is like literally you, in your brain. I think if you get a magical, like, infection, you are, you are a sorcerer. Okay, so what would a, a magical parasite be? Because, like, this doesn't feel like a warlock-type relationship. No, what I'm guessing it would be is, like, you're, like, magic fleas and they drink your blood. But they also put some magic in your blood. Um, so, you know, you're just slowly getting more magical. Like magical dengue fever from a, a special little mosquito. Yeah. Well, like you've got magic tapeworm. Don't know what... Tapeworms don't go in your blood. What the hell am I talking about? I'm I'm intrigued by magic tapeworm, though. Like, this is why... All those ancient sorcerers are always, like, really skeletal. Because mm. the tapeworm takes all of their nutrients. They're only kept alive by the tapeworm's magic. Like, actually, that would weirdly work. It takes the nutrients and then it replaces it with magic, so it's keeping you alive with magic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that wonder replaces your tongue, but, like, it's your digestive system. I'd forgotten about that one, and now I'm having a bad time. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this. Probably horrific parasite ideas. I, I do like the idea, because like, the human digestive system is... It's a tube with some inputs, essentially. Yeah. I mean, everything's a tube with some inputs. I, I like the idea of replacing it with a tapeworm to the point that, like... It's just kind of sat there right at the top of your esophagus. Mm. And then right at the end. And everything that passes through it, you don't get any of that. But it does just like secrete magic. Mm. This is a really unpleasant sorcerer concept. It is, but I love it. I want to homebrew it. Yeah. Um... And this month's homebrew <laughs> be the tapeworm sorcerer. sorcerer. Um, if you want to unsubscribe from our Patreon before that comes up, I won't blame you. Uh... <laughs> I will, coward. But yeah, like, I think, I do like the idea of being biologically made a sorcerer. Like, with, like, 
you know, a blood transfusion or, I guess, having your entire digestive system replaced with a tapeworm. Okay, I love blood transfusion, though. Because, mm. like, is it temporary? Because there's that thing of, like, when you get a transplant for a little while, you can end up, like, craving right. stuff that the person you got it from really mm. liked because it the, the system is kind of used to that. So if you get, say you get like a heart transplant from a wizard. Yeah. Do you have like a month where you have magical powers? Yeah, and you need to keep getting new sorcerer hearts to like keep it up. <laughs> Big bad idea. <laughs> Continuously stealing hearts. Just like self-Frankensteining in order to maintain their magic. Actually, that's a really cool idea. Copyright. Yeah. Uh, if you use that in your RPGs, we will sue you and then steal your hearts and put them into our own chests. <laughs> if you use it in your RPG, you owe us a pound. Of flesh. Probably um, about how much a heart weighs. I don't know. Like, I also like the idea of, like, you know, your bloodline in the sorcerer sense has to be compatible of like you can't have a blood transfusion because you're celestial sorcerer and they're like infernal sorcerer and all the red blood cells will fist fight each other you cannot a tiefling cannot give blood to an asimar because the there will be the blood will be smote smoten yeah yeah the blood, smitten, the blood will be smitten and make out furiously in your face and that's how clots form. <laughs> it's a real enemies to heart attack narrative. Yeah, like, I do the idea of, like, magic is just, like, a fluid. I mean, the, there are there are games where magic is essentially just a fluid. With your mana potions and your Dragon Age Lyrium. Yeah. That is sound like something the great old ones would say. These kids these days with their mana potions. Not <laughs> like in my day where I just ate the hominid. Neanderthals were magical, but Cthulhu farmed them to extinction. That's why they died out. So, if if you want access to, to the tapeworm sorcerer and also homebrews that are not incredibly disgusting, you can go to patreon.com slash probably bad RPG ideas and also get bonus episodes and hanging out in a Discord server. Mm. If you have a question, you can message probably bad RPG ideas on Tumblr. I've forgotten the email. Probably bad podcast at gmail.com. Or we're now on Blue Sky. We are. What's our name on Blue Sky? It is. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad, probably. I I don't know if there's direct messaging on Blue Sky, but come hang out on Blue Sky. We're we're there now, so it's finally worth joining. We promise zero Elon Musk. And remember, remember to have, have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.